Hey all, it's Pat Deering at Lampshade Media Live. You need to check out the next show on March 27th with Nick Glasser, Molly Martinez, and your headliner, Jason Banks. This is Lampshade Media Presents Cocooning for Boobs with Becky Brown. Becky Brown, welcome to Lampshade Media Presents Cocooning for Boobs. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm really excited. Uh, just rebranded and uh, I just couldn't be happier with uh, with Leslie helping us out with this name. I really think it's going to go well. Um, I'm not no. sure about the merchandising options. But no. We'll, what? It's shit. <laughs> it's complete and utter shit. Cocooning for Boobs, what, the, what, what does that even mean? Um... I mean, the inspiration or no, like, what does it shit. mean? I don't even want to know the inspiration. It's just <laughs> shit. It's awful. You think Leslie would do do me wrong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think she means to do you wrong, but that's, yeah. Cocooning for boobs? No, no. This well, is Fresca Delight. This is Fresca Delight? Yes. Oh my gosh. You are speaking my language right now. <laughs> I've never, I've never actually jumped ship from a name so quickly. Uh, but you, you bring in Fresca, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, Becky is a fucking genius. I didn't even know what Fresca was before I came here, but now I do, and I love it. <laughs> you have never had the delight of a grapefruit soda. No, I thought it was a type of coffee because you asked me for Fresca and coffee. I thought it was just fancy coffee and regular coffee you were <laughs> offering me. But now that I know what it is, I love it. Yeah, it is. It is definitely my thing, and. I, you know, this might actually help me to get a Fresca sponsorship. Awesome. <laughs> I don't even know like who owns Fresca because like Pepsi and Coke own every soda, I think, at I this think point. So. Yeah. I'm just gonna approach them and I'm gonna be and I'll and I'll use your name for uh for backing. I'm be like, well, a very, very talented comedian you should definitely Becky Brown has uh has uh given me this name and I just wanna give you the opportunity to sponsor this podcast. I'm very influential. <laughs> and th at that point they will either sponsor the podcast or they will send a cease and desist. Not guaranteed. Guaranteed sponsorship. <laughs> or actually maybe I'm giving myself entirely too much credit. Maybe they won't even answer the call. <laughs> 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 oh shit. I do I do like this. So Lampshade Media presents Fresca Delight. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I have I am so happy. <sighs> I'm glad I could make your morning. <laughs> yeah, I don't do many of these in the morning. I did uh, Dan Seabree. I talked to him in the morning. I also made him breakfast. Nice. So you're in good company. Nice. It's my first poached egg ever, too. Are you serious? Yes, it's just a morning of firsts. That is exciting. Mm -hmm. And I, I make my poached eggs with a ton of vinegar because I love sour shit. That's good. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, I am uh, I am just all full of ego now. <laughs> just, <laughs> good. <laughs> I just am, I, I'm just walking on clouds here. <laughs> so what have you been up to lately other than changing uh, podcast names? Uh, not much. Like... My son was sick for a couple of days, so we played Minecraft for 48 hours. And before that, I kind of sat in my filth for three days. That's always fun. 
I did clean a little bit, but um, and then before that, I had a show. That was fun. Oh, where'd you play? I don't play. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. That's a very good point. I yeah, because I, I yeah, I've spent a lot of time uh, interviewing musicians, so sometimes I still get that mixed up. Where'd you joke? I don't know, but what is like? How do you ask that? Where'd you joke? Where'd you? Where'd you? Where'd you perform? Where'd you? Where'd you do? <laughs> where'd you do the do? I did the do? do at the at the uh, shadow box, not shadow box. Um, up front. Up front. Nice. What was the what was the what there was the show? contest to get into the Seabus? Oh, the comedy, comedy contest. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. I have always been uncomfortable with contests like that. Me too. Um, yeah, it's always been kind of like Battle of the Bands was always kind of like a popularity thing. Yeah. And I don't know, sometimes they're like judged. I don't like these TV shows either. I'm just always like feel so weird about it cuz it seems like it's ultimately subjective. Right. Right. And it also seems like it's always a competition. Like you're either making people laugh or you're not. Right. Right. Like a competition with who? I mean, just uh, entertainment in general. Like if you're an entertainer, you you're either gonna entertain people or you're not. That's the competition, right? We right. don't need to have this extra Who's thing. Who's better than right? who? Yeah. And I don't mean to shit on uh, what uh, you know what upfront's doing or what anyone's doing. I know there's you know. Well, healthy competition isn't bad. No, no. But I guess that's what I'm saying is like you are competing with other comics in town and around the city and around the region and stuff. People right. are coming through and you're playing with them and some of them will make people laugh and some of them won't. And, you know, you want to be right. the ones that do. That's the competition, right? Right. And it depends on what day it is. Some days I make people laugh. Some days I don't. Some crowds I make laugh. Some crowds I don't. That's why I mean, sometimes I tell a joke in one place and, and it, the whole room is one big loud laugh. And then sometimes it's just crickets. I, I don't know what the difference is. I haven't figured that out yet. But have you been able to like kind of find that spot where uh, you can read a room and be like, I'm not going to do that? Not really. Really? <laughs> like, this I mean, kind of uh... like I just have the same jokes, though. Like I don't really have different jokes for different people. I just I can read a room as in. Like, oh, I'm going to suck tonight. <laughs> I'm still going to tell the same <laughs> ass jokes as I did last time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I, horrible at like reading. I mean, OK, so I feel like I'm pretty sensitive to uh, to people's reception of what's going on. But I feel like sometimes I'm too cocky about thinking that and I just completely mm-hmm. misread shit. So. I guess being sensitive doesn't mean you're actually really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I definitely misread situations, but I feel like, I don't know, I, I, I'm like, I have this little uh, this little fantasy that I've had that maybe someday I'll do comedy. Yeah. But every time, like, okay, so when I first started thinking this, all of the first I'm like, oh, this is fucking gold. I've got some great jokes. Um, I got some dick jokes. I got some Tinder jokes. This is gonna be banging, you know. Yeah. And then I started hanging out with comics and like just and I, without ever presenting any of those ideas, I immediately found out that they were all shit. Everybody has dick jokes and Tinder jokes. Yeah, right. It's like the it's like the the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. But I mean, that is what I do. I just like pluck that lowest hanging fruit it's every fine. every fucking time. It's fine. I like see somebody that has a weird name. I'm like, ah, that's a weird name. Right. <laughs> ah, it sounds like this. Right. <laughs> you, right. Get, you get that a lot, don't you? 
<laughs> I love that. It's t- like 12 year old humor, you know? I still, I, I still laugh at dumbass shit. Yeah, I just always, I'm always like say like making a joke and then watching someone's face go, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been doing uh, doing stand up? Seven and a half years. And what what was the uh, thing like that that kind of like made you take that first leap? Oh, I tell this story a lot. It's kind of a, I'm not gonna go all into it, but it was drugs. I was getting off drugs. And to get off drugs, I got on Suboxone, and I got off Suboxone, which takes like a month and a half to of withdrawals. Oh, wow. So like halfway through the month, I just went a little insane because I was sleeping like two hours a night. And uh, so in order to kind of like keep my sanity, I just started binge watching comedy because like I had to laugh, you know. And then like I binge watched like local comedy because I knew somebody who was in comedy like locally. And then like I watched everybody's at the time that was local. I watched all their videos on YouTube and stuff like that. And then I was like, I could do this too, which is kind of uh, egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> it's an egotistical thought, but I think it's what you have to have in order to start stand-up comedy at all. You do have to be somewhat of a narcissist to think that people <laughs> want to hear what you have to say. Or like I'm funnier than this person who's been doing it for eight years already, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was hanging out at a show at Upfront. Uh, it was a Babe Roar show actually. Uh-huh. And uh, there was somebody from uh, from Chillicothe, which she made very clear to us. Uh, I went out with a friend to have a cigarette or whatever, and uh, this this woman just walked up and took over our conversation. And was like, I'm from Chillicothe. I don't get up this way much, and blah, blah, blah. She knew Lori Graves. Uh-huh. And uh, that was, like, one of the things we talked about. But anyway, she's like, ah, I think I should do comedy. I'm funnier than all these people. Right. <laughs> and my friend was like, uh well, you know, it's a lot of, you got to put a lot of work in. She's like, well, that's funny. You think that. And for a lot of people, that's true, but not for me. Not me. I'm just a natural. <laughs> and, and we're just like eye rolling, you know, like. What's ironic about it is the longer you do comedy, the less egotistical you become, I think, because you realize like how much of a fucking self-involved dumbass you are. Yeah, and then there's also the slog, I'm sure, that you got to like... Oh, I don't know what slog is. Like the, <laughs> you know, the 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 work you got to oh, put yeah. into... Uh, you respect it. Sometimes not like, maybe not as fun as uh, the actual performance is the, is the work of fine-tuning your jokes right. or writing uh, new and jokes. Bombing. And Yeah. It's sucking, yeah. Having to experience uh, that, you know, it's rejection. Yeah. <laughs> I, and this is like a common comic uh, question, I guess. Question for comics is like getting up there and bombing. Like, are you like uh, how how quickly are you able to be like this was what triggered this this uh, you know? I know uh, it when response. I'm saying it. <laughs> As you're saying it, you're yeah, like, I, well, yeah, because you watch people's faces, and like if if people are, I mean, if you're bombing, you can see people like. They they look away. They're like uncomfortable. They shift in their seats because they want you to like make them laugh. They want you to do good. And when you don't, you're kind of like making them feel bad for you. And you can see it in their body language and in their face as you're saying it. And you're just like, oh, God, I wish I would just stop talking. You know, I've definitely felt that way in a crowd like at an open yeah. mic. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. you like watching people bomb? No, it's uncomfortable. I hate it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, it seems like there are some comics that laugh harder mm-hmm. and have more just pure joy 
from watching mm, somebody bomb. For him. I mean, it's awful feeling. Because <laughs> you're empathetic. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're a, just a generally good person, unlike most comics. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, do you encourage people to 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 go to the open mic and stuff? Like people that haven't done comedy. Absolutely, they have to. Yeah. I mean, people that haven't done it before, they're like, "Oh, I'm interested in this." You're like, "Yeah, do it." Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Depends. Like if, if I actually think they're funny, I'm like, yeah, you should do this. Here's when the open mics are. But if, if, if I don't think they're funny and they're like, I'm, I'm going to do stand up comedy. I'm like, yeah, it's fun. And then I change the subject. <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, I've definitely heard people say like, like there's too many. <laughs> there are. <laughs> there's too many. Don't do it. Yeah. But like <laughs> as much as there are too many people starting, there are the same amount of people dropping out. If if you're if it's right for you, like let's say five, let's say there's like five people that start today. Probably only one of those people are gonna, still going to be doing it in six months to a year. You know, really? Yeah, people drop out all the time. New new people, they do it once or twice and then they just don't do it again because it's awful for them. You know? Yeah. Like you kind of have to like if because I caught I caught the bug. I mean, it really is like catching a bug, but I caught it the first time I did it and I got off stage and I was like, I want to do that again and again and again and again, you know? Wow. So it was definitely like that driving, that driving force had, you had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like, I don't know, like why do people quit? Is it just like, it was more work than they expected? Oh, I don't, I can't do it. Like I've talked to musicians actually. Yeah. Like Tony Casa. And Matt Monta have both shared stories where they wanted to do, they wanted, they're, you know, they're natural entertainers and they wanted to do comedy and they're like, this is too hard. I'm going to do music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, you are up there by yourself, which is what I kind of like. I don't like working with other people. I don't, you know, I don't like, I tried to be in a couple of bands in high school and I just, you know, I have my own ideas about what I want, how, how I want it to sound or what I want to to be like and i don't what did you play an instrument then or no i just sang yeah that's i did too i was in a band in high school and i just sang yeah and i always felt it, it, like you know inadequate because of it it's like i'm not even a musician right but it's like with a band you have to have like a group of people like like it's a give and take and you have to work together and you have yeah. to like vibe well with each other in order to cut and i just never really like i like doing Doing it alone up there. Yeah. Have you ever written comedy in a group, like sketches or, uh, you know, things like that? No. (laughs) Well, there's so much of that. I guess I was, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, uh, I guess those aren't like, like the roasts, for example, that are, those are, have you ever done those? Yeah. But that's not group writing. No. You're, you're doing your own thing, even though it's. It's back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. There's back and forth and stuff, but. You never, never wrote in a group. No. You couldn't do it? I don't know. I mean, I guess I could. I've never tried it, but. You'd be like, no, your ideas suck. So all (laughs) of your ideas are bad. I'm just going to write this whole thing myself. I just like having complete control over whatever. (laughs) I don't know. But did you, so your band though, when you were, when you were younger, did that, did you perform? No. You just like basement stuff. Yeah, you're just yeah. playing around in the basement and then yeah. made it out of the basement. Yeah, I didn't really like it. My band probably shouldn't have made it out of the basement, but <laughs> we did. did. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I, I I recently heard a recording of it. Not actually, it wasn't even recently. It was a while back. I 
because, you know, this is way back when I was in high school, but at some point I heard of this recording of it and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> Which that reminds me, you know, you, you were saying earlier when we were uh, having those eggs that uh, you don't like listening to yourself. No, I hate it. That you just like forcing other people to listen to yourself. <laughs> right. You listen to me. I don't want to listen to me. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to me if I were you. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. It is. <laughs> I get that. Actually, when I listen to this podcast as I'm editing it, I can hear every mistake I make. Uh-huh. And not only do I hear it once, but then I have to listen to it many times as I cut right. those mistakes out. <laughs> and the worse I am, the more of that work I have to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very, very humbling to edit your own yeah. podcast. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, as a comedian, it's like you do edit your act. You're just not doing it literally in the you know the same at the same time and you're like editing it for the next time right right at the end of this like i remember how i feel as i like how i feel about the reaction i get and i remember what part of the joke that was and then i just like try and rewrite it and that's how i i just do like a mental recording that way i don't have to listen to myself yeah so you like when you get off the stage are you taking notes yeah yeah i usually take a couple of notes right when i get off stage and then okay go back i definitely could not remember <laughs> i actually like when uh, when i had leslie in here i was like go i was like showed her a couple of my jokes and then i tried recording them like on the uh, just in the studio here uh-huh. and uh it, and she was like well you just told me this joke and it was funny but then when you said it just now it was not and you didn't do the same thing why is that and i'm like well i can't remember yeah <laughs> that was like five minutes ago right <laughs> right <laughs> it was uh yeah I will, I will probably never even do a mic. <laughs> I think you should do it at least once. You think about it and you have jokes, you probably should try it. I, well, I think I might, if I do it, it'll, it'll be at least so I just have a little bit of context to, to have a conversation with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> on the, you know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, I've done a mic before. It sucks. <laughs> what would you say? What was it, what's your advice to people out there that are listening to this that are thinking that they're funny? And that other people would think they're funny and stuff like that, and they're they're about they're considering doing a mic. What's your what's your take on that? Advice for somebody just starting out. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. There's what's yeah. the preparation before just doing it? There's, I don't know. You have to write a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, really, like you, you learn as you do it. So like, there's no preparation. You just write a joke and you get up there and you bomb or don't. And if you get a laugh, you hold on to that for a dear life and remember that and then try again. And Keep the more, you, yeah, you're going to suck for a really long time and it's, it's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> what was your threshold before you were like, I don't think I suck. I thought I did awesome actually the first time I did it because I got like three laughs. But so <laughs> I got off and I was like, I killed it. But like looking back now, I didn't kill it. But that was, you know, I fucking killed it according to me at that moment. Yeah. I'm sure there's like some adrenaline and, uh, yeah. you know, that was like striking yeah. you, right? Yeah. You know, I actually like, would you be, would you be willing to uh, talk to a friend of mine? Sure. I have this friend, he's like, he wants to do it. He's a little hung up on on some things, but I you know, I said, Hey, maybe maybe I can get some advice from Becky. All right, yeah. You down? Yeah, I'm down. 
Here we go, yeah. So his name's uh, Gene. Gene? Yeah, Gene Laffer. Gene Laffer. With a name like that, how can you not do comedy? Great start. I hope he answers. (laughs) Yeah, hello? Hey, Gene. This is Mel. How you doing, man? Hey, Mel. How's it going? Good to talk to you, pal. (laughs) It is good to hear from you, man. So, you know, I I have Becky Brown right here in the room with me. Yeah, I've seen that way. She has good work up there on the comedy stage. She's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Gene. Thanks. Yeah, we were just talking about people starting out in comedy. And I was like, hey, I got this friend, and I know you've been telling me that you're thinking about it. You got You want to well, ask yeah. her any tips or, like, anything, how you're feeling about this or anything? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, basically, you know, I've been, I've been working for about, uh, you know, 30, 40 years in construction. I got I to gotta get out of it because uh, I was recently... Uh, recently working at the uh, Columbus Zoo and uh, a bunch of the animals attacked me and uh, so I thought I gotta get a new line of work and uh, you, you comedians you just stand up there and you talk in the microphone right so that, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to do that there's gotta be less animal attacks and oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. it wasn't even the big animals it was mostly penguins and penguins. Uh, they just really laid into me you know, it's, I mean, it, you'd be surprised. I would not have picked penguins to be that uh, ferocious. Like, I probably, if someone asked, what animal would you want to maul you? I probably would have said penguin. But then it turns out, no, they're fucking ferocious. I, okay, be- let me ask you this. Let's get to know each other a little bit. Becky, if you had to be mauled by an animal, which would you choose? <laughs> uh, mauled by an animal. Um, I have no clue. I don't think I would choose to be mauled by an animal, maybe a kitten. See, that makes sense. See, this is why you're a smarty dancer, like, you know, <laughs> it does comedy, because uh, I, I would have I just fully totally sit there, uh, just because I just want to get, I just want it to be over very quickly. Uh, <laughs> so did the penguins, yeah. did they just slap you? I mean, how does a penguin maul? I mean, oh, so you hit the head, the, the, the nail on the head with the slapping. Like, it, it, it almost seemed like they were going in teams where, like, they had the one team that was slapping me in the face. And then the other little flippers. That was just pecking the shit out of the rest of my body. <laughs> and so I was disoriented and I couldn't fight back. It was it was genuinely terrifying. I, I've been having nightmares about it for weeks now. They just pecked you from the knees down, right? Or did they like slap you with their little flippers until you fell down and then like oh, pecked the, your the eyes? Slapping was, the slapping was purely in the face. Oh. Every other inch of my body was pecked. I am covered in tiny little red dots. <laughs> you had uh, to have been underwater then, right? Well, eventually, well, and then, well, and then <laughs> when they, they started on land and then they eventually just kept mauling me so much that I fell into the water and eventually they really took they just they just went at me after that because that's you know oh, yeah. I don't know how to swim too good and that's that's it's a natural habitat that's why they're very they graceful work. in water exactly they work they know they know where they're where they're best and they're best in the water and <laughs> by the end of the day because uh, it, it went on for quite a while none of the none of the people at the zoo seemed to care uh, and uh, I just but in the attack, all the water was just red with blood. It oh, was man. crazy. Jesus Christ. That sounds awful, Gene. I understand why you want to do comedy. Yes, this totally yeah, makes no, sense. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to get out of this business, you know. I didn't know when I signed up to do construction that I was going to be viciously mauled by, you know, penguins. 
that was not part of the job description. Where are you at with the comedy? Like, have you have you read anything? I mean, you know, I've gone, I've gone uh, you know, well, here's my problem. So I go to these open mics. First off, they don't allow you to just go on stage whenever you want, which to me, that's not open. <laughs> I should be able to go up. I should be able to if someone smaller than me. I should be able to physically throw them off the stage and take their place. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I've, been, I've been thrown out from, out of about every mic in the city has thrown me out for one reason or another. Uh, were, were you were you juggling on stage at any point? Uh, I did try that. I thought maybe if I juggle while I'm telling these jokes, they'll be into it. Uh, and then they still worked. <laughs> and then I just used the clubs and threw them at the audience. Uh, <laughs> that's another big that. problem of mine. When people don't laugh, I go into uh, what uh, my uh, what my doctor calls a blind rage, where I just kind of <laughs> black out, and then I, when I come to I'm standing outside of a, you know, some bar with an open mic, but uh, I'm in handcuffs and you're taking away my cops. Uh, so, Becky, how do you deal, what do you deal with like a, a, an audience when they're not too good? Because I clearly just result, resort to violence. <laughs> he just, just <laughs> well, I know um, violence usually doesn't work or solve anything. Um, I just berate them. That That sometimes works. Maybe less physical violence and more oral violence. Yes. Talk shit. Uh, they unfortunately can all fight much in the same way that those penguins did. So I really <laughs> don't do well with that. <laughs> well, they're at least not allowed on stage. So it'll just oh, be... <laughs> that would be a flaw. <laughs> That's, I had a nightmare about that the other night where I, I, started, I, you know, I thought I was doing good. I was I had a dream when I was on stage and all of a sudden I just... I look out and I just see the entire audience of penguins fucking <laughs> come at me. Because, uh, well, Becky, what do you what do, you do to like uh, unwind after like a uh, particularly uh, either stressful or, uh, or uh, interesting or like difficult show? What do you do to unwind after that? I drink. Oh, now you thought my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, to unwind, I just drink straight vermouth. Vermouth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'll just take a bottle of vermouth and just down it. <laughs> it's fancy. I'm more of a, more of a, uh, a whiskey girl <laughs> myself, or maybe a nice white claw. All <laughs> oh, those white claws, those will get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I drink, uh, I uh, only drink the ruby grapefruit guy because I want the worst flavor possible. <laughs> laugh at it myself when I can make myself crack up. Oh, see? Wow, that's great. Uh, that's good for you because every time I crack, because most of the time I just get up there and I'm like, hey, pause, right? And I'll just stand up there for five straight minutes and no one will laugh. <laughs> and uh, it's really disheartening. And I don't, how do you craft a joke? Like, what, do you start with a punchline? Do you start with the middle part? I don't, I I think part of it is I think some of those some of those penguins knock some shit loose in my brain and I don't think <laughs> so good no more. And uh, so it's hard for me to construct a joke. Like what what is your process? Joke construction. You start with the premise. 
you can start with a punchline. Um, who was it that talked about starting with a punchline? I forget. Shit. Uh, Dave Chappelle was talking about how sometimes he starts, he just writes down punchlines, punchlines, and then goes back later and writes the joke afterwards, and that's more difficult. I start with the premise and then build from uh, there. You do know what a premise is, right, Gene? Uh, is that a, is that a kind of uh, like is that a kind of like a cut off pant? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. Is that what a premise is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You start okay. off, you start so, with some cut off pants to give yourself room to breathe. You, you don't want to feel too hot when you write a joke. So. Oh no! Yeah, I sweat like a fucking pig on stage. <laughs> like I have to bring a bucket. It is not good. The audience does not like it. They and first sometimes I brought the bucket of sweat on stage, and they think it's some kind of trick. They think it's some kind of Gallagher show. That's the only time I've got any laughs <laughs> when they think they think that the sweat is part of it. Uh, that's that's some prop comedy. You've got built-in props. That is true. Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a bill. I know how to build shit, you know? It's like, oh, hey, like, what if I just, uh, hey, you know, I, I hammer some nails together and all of a sudden, hey, look at this. It's like a hat, but it's made of wood. That's funny, right? <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> so you guys are laughing already. Whoa, yeah. Oh man! So, has this been has this been helpful for you? You got some? Uh, you, you feel like you got a place to to go from here now? I mean, I'm definitely. I'm you know, uh, I, I'm getting a sense of where I should be going. Like you know, uh, use a nice cut off pant. Just put those <laughs> on, and then the jokes come to you. And then uh, you get up on stage, and you do not physically assault anyone that's that's that seems to be what you guys were telling me is yeah do not lay hands on any of the audience members no that's a bad idea yeah okay yeah and maybe like uh stay away from race jokes and go more towards wooden hat jokes yes I mean, I don't look. I don't hate nobody, but it's you know you got like you know, uh, but uh, you know I think I think everybody should be able to joke. But if people joke about my kind of people, then I also get angry. Uh, so uh, maybe <laughs> I need to work on that part too. Well, man, I am like I'm super glad that we could help you. This is uh, this has been uh, this has been good. I think uh, I think our audience probably learned a lot about comedy too. Yes, I think you're going uh, places, Gene Laffer. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Becky Brad. You're such a wonderful person, and I appreciate it. This, I genuinely believe that this conversation will not only help me be a comedian, but has helped me hopefully stop having as many night terrors involving penguins. Uh, <laughs> I hope so, too. That's, I feel like that's really, really what I need. Maybe even before I start doing well in comedy, I need to stop having nightmares about being murdered by a gaggle of penguins. <laughs> Fair enough, man. But maybe, maybe you know, once you start, that'll like ease away, and uh, you know, then you can use it for comedy. Once you're, once you're through your trauma, and I've heard you're not through your trauma until you can really write a well-crafted joke about it. That's what I've heard. That, oh, that's that's that makes so much sense. All right, you know what? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna write the best fucking penguin joke anybody's ever heard, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm not only going to make people laugh, but I'm going to make people realize 
that those things are not cuddly. We should not be trying to save them. We should be trying to eradicate them. And I'm going to get people <laughs> on the side about that. And I just, I, I can't thank you guys enough. Really. Like, oh, I feel like I'm at a bright stroke. All right, man. Glad well, hey, help. it was good talking to you, man. Thank you so much for uh, being uh, being vulnerable with us and sharing your your time and and your your mindset it was very it's interesting. It's not easy for me for, you, for me to be this vulnerable. I have literally just in the few, a few short minutes we've been talking, I have gone through eleven different stress balls. I have just crushed <laughs> them and made them explode. It is very difficult for me to be this vulnerable. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mel. And it was very nice to meet you, Becky. You're a wonderful person and you a great too. comedian. And uh, all right, man. I just can't thank you guys enough. All right, man. Well, hey, good, good luck, luck avoiding those penguins. Yeah. Oh, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> all right, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later, man. We'll, we'll we'll have some more conversations before you go up and uh, I see you over at uh, Shrunken Head on Monday night. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much, Mel. All right, later. Bye. All right, goodbye. Oh, man. I really want to practice comedy, but it is so stressful to go to open mics. I know. They're, like, super late, like, on a weeknight. Right? Hey, uh, anyone want to talk about my weird dick? Yeah, so I don't like going to open mics because sometimes comedians just talk about their weird dicks. Yeah, yeah that's, it's terrible. I, I don't want that. No. I don't either. I also just don't want to hear the same 12. Hey, guys, uh, uh, I have some racy jokes, but, you know, I go after everyone. I don't want to hear the same 12 jokes about terrible subjects. Right. I'm really tired of racism and sexism, like, while I'm trying to enjoy myself. Just, like, like. Oh, my God. Everyone is so sensitive. You just can't say anything anymore. No man's land. An open mic for the rest of us. At 15 West Dunedin, Wildcats Confetti House. Every third Sunday, doors at 6.30, show at 7. Sign up online. B-Y-O-B. Yeah. Isn't that sexist towards men? No! So who is this for? Everybody, Everybody but you, bro. All right. Well, that was uh, that was interesting. I think I want to change the name of the podcast. Oh. Oh, really? Penguins Attack. <laughs> With an exclamation point. So I love this whole Fresca thing so much, but... Here's the thing: is I have absolutely no uh, no idea what makes people tick. Maybe Fresca isn't it? I don't know. You think it's you think penguins attack? Fresca delight is shit. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute shit. I don't know where it came from. I don't know why I thought of it. It's absolute shit. Okay. Okay. Penguins attack! Exclamation point. <laughs> it's, uh, with the explanation uh, ex explanation ex point. Exclamation point. It's <laughs> the explanation point. <laughs> the explanation point. <laughs> I'm I'm not any smarter than Gene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Penguins Attack. Lampshade Media presents Penguins Attack. Presents or Fresca Delight. Wait. Oh. <laughs> there's two there's two colons. Yeah. This is a two part name <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Penguins Lampshade Media presents colon Penguins Attack exclamation point colon, presents colon Fresca Delight. Because then we can keep the sponsorship deal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is actually. Uh, <laughs> this is actually. I think this is going to be the last name I ever. I ever have. <laughs> I think I have finally settled on a fucking name, and and it's two names. <laughs> so that's perfect. <laughs>
Oh shit. So yeah, so Gene uh Gene raised some interesting uh <laughs> some interesting <laughs> points. <laughs> you know, this new day and age, you know, he's dealing with uh <laughs> with with trying to be funny. So this is an interesting thing, and this is on this subject actually of like cause okay, so Everybody knows at this point, if you've listened to any of this, my backstory is like I've changed 100 percent, had to like readjust all the way I think about the world. And and a lot of that involved uh, the way I talk to people and the things I think are funny. And uh, I was just at a I was at a at a Lampshade Media Presents live show and we were hanging out after the show and, you know, drinking and having fun or whatever. And uh, we were talking about something and I brought up Phil Hendry. Have you heard of Phil Hendry? No, he is a uh, he's a a voice actor like but he can do all these crazy different voices and he would basically do interviews with himself uh-huh. where he was talking to himself and he would switch voices back and forth and it would be hilarious because it would be ridiculous uh-huh. he was uh him as the interviewer was always the straight person and him as his guest was always the crazy person and he would do something that would elicit a reaction from people that didn't realize that it was just him yeah and that it was all put on and people would call in upset because whoever he was talking to was saying something really horrible. Okay. <laughs> and it was like, like one of them was, for example, that a, a high school football coach that didn't believe that uh, his players should be allowed to drink water unless they did well. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, they usually started out pretty tame and then they would get more and more ridiculous. And then the callers would be like, oh, you're a, you're horrible and blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the him as the interviewer would take the caller's position and be like, yeah, you know, I really think that they they're, they're they got a good point there, don't they? And then he would uh-huh. switch over and like just elicit a bigger reaction, you know. Uh-huh. So it was a totally a trolling thing. Right. And uh, I'm sitting here talking to these people about it, and I had this moment where I was like, "Yeah, there's this really funny one," and and you know, and I'm I'm affected, you know, <laughs> I'm a little inebriated or whatever, and I'm like, "Yeah, there's this really funny one," uh, and it's and man, he got the caller so upset. He was talking to this guy, and he was like, "This guy's was his or his you know his his fake guest or whatever was training um, mentally disabled people to be uh, baggage checkers at TSA." And uh, yeah, and then he's like, he started out pretty, pretty light, you know, and then he started like calling them all sorts of names and like was shocking them with <laughs> electrotherapy. It was hilarious. And I'm like, oh, that's actually really offensive. Uh-huh. These people that were calling were calling because they had family members that were, you know, that right. had these situations and they were genuinely hurt. And I, this all occurred to me in, the, in, a, in like a moment. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually kind of shitty. Right. <laughs> he's made, he's he's totally punching down. He's totally we're all laughing at these people's real life experience. Right. And it was like a something that I hadn't remembered for a while and hadn't had a time to process. I just remembered it as funny. Right. You know, cuz I thought it was fucking hilarious when I heard it. I listened to right. that and howled. It probably was hilarious. Right. But and I and I was actually I, I would sit there talking to these people and I had this realization and they were kind of looking at me like yeah that's not funny and I was like oh yeah that's horrible isn't it and then I cheers to growth <laughs> I mean what do you do oh. right I don't know I mean it's he was probably I mean like I think the whole point in it in trolling anybody I mean if you when you troll people you're gonna eventually hurt somebody but the the point is to not take yourself or your life too seriously. 
Yeah, I mean, I I get that. I don't think it's like I don't have a problem with roasting people at all. I, I don't think, right? Like that's not what I'm really talking about. Yeah, but like like what's what's funny about it? It's like if that was like an actual actually like two people like a serious interview, that'd be one thing. But these people are calling in to a guy who is who is yeah, he's he's playing two people. He's doing this on purpose. He's uh, I don't know. Is it awful? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was awful because then, like, as the I think the thing and the thing that I like was referring to specifically was that he like started using more and more uh, negative uh, uh, names, right, right, you know, and uh, and as that and and that was like specifically to elicit this the reaction. This reaction. He, well, I mean, he's like playing the bad guy. He's playing the right, yeah, that role, but. I mean, less about dissecting uh, Phil Hendry because I do think he, you know, he was funny and he, uh -huh. that he was, it, but it, it was, a, it was a different time. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he's no, he's not doing this anymore. But um, I think, have you ever had that situation where you kind of have a realization that that's not funny anymore, or that I shouldn't think that's funny, or something like that? Because I'm just a typical white straight cis guy that you know oh, oh making fun of uh minorities or like whatever you know uh uh marginalized population is real funny because I I it doesn't affect me i don't think you, you can really control what you laugh about i think you can control what you joke about i think what what you joke about see that's a it's a it's a sketchy line like uh what you what you can what you joke about makes it okay in in people's mind. I was reading this thing like, all right, if you joke about, uh, like in a satirical way, if you joke about like, I don't know, um, domestic abuse or whatever, something really awful. And, um, like people who, who are like, who understand domestic abuse can find it funny because they know it's wrong, but people, depending on how you say it. And then while well, at the same time, people who like, or like, yeah, I'm going to beat my woman if she talks out of line, finds it funny because they think you're supporting what they believe. So like when in that vein, like what you joke about, you have to be responsible, you know, with what you yeah. joke about, how you joke about it. But what you find funny, I mean, you can't you can't really help that. Well, that yeah. I mean, that's the thing that that I struggle with is, is just that it's i guess I, I some things i probably shouldn't find funny and then other things it's like is it okay to laugh it's kind of like that whole thing that white people do looking over their shoulders before they tell a race joke thing it's like should they be telling that joke if they feel the need to look over their shoulder well, i mean i think that i don't know if it's a, if they feel the need to look over their shoulder i think you know what what's the what's the context of your joke is it a racist joke or is it a racial joke is it right. um you know I, it's about res I, I I guess it's about respecting everyone, right? Yeah. What's the message? What what message are you putting out there with your joke? Right. Are 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 you just going to validate somebody else's racist ideas with it, or are you actually you know? And I mean, it's about whether or not you want to be a responsible comedian, whether or not you want to be responsible for how for the reaction that you get from your jokes. I mean. Do you feel a responsibility or? Yeah. I mean, at first, I, didn't, I like when I first started comedy, I was like, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, you should be able to say whatever you want to say. I mean, I would never joke about like, I would never make a racist joke, but you should be able to say what you want to say. And now it's like, you know, 
yeah, people, I mean, if they believe that, then they're going to make that joke and, and, and they think that's funny or whatever. I'm not really saying what I want to say and like, like if they believe in the, the racist joke and then their audience is racist and then, you know, I guess tell that joke. I'd not in my town, but you know, right. But if that kind of drives me crazy too, it's like, sometimes I like, it's, you know, you, I have a message with this joke that I'm telling. It's an obvious message. And then if I, the more I think about it, the more there are other messages that could be taken from this person. Like I, you know, try to like, when you get to the point where you're trying to, um, predict everybody's reaction to the joke that you're telling, you can drive yourself a little crazy because really anything can be taken out of context. That makes sense because I, after I say I go out and uh, have a night drinking and, you know, partying it up, uh, for a while there, I would wake up the next morning and go through every conversation I had and pick out the, th- the places where I said something stupid or like embarrassing or maybe offensive or, yeah you know, whatever thing. And just because that was my that's my own personal uh, psychosis or whatever. Right. <laughs> but I guess no, I if you're too. a comic, it's like it's probably more like I just said this to the whole room <laughs> or right. something. Right. Right. Or you don't. I mean. You know, how you say something, how you word something can be taken the wrong way and how, how, like, if somebody is putting meaning in there that you didn't intend, they could be taken the wrong way. So, I mean, yeah, you can drive yourself crazy doing that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, getting a laugh and trying not to, you know, add to the shittiness of everything while you do it. Right. Because we have to be able to laugh at ourselves and we have to be able to laugh at the negative things about our, you know, our existence and people understand that and that's uh, kind of brings us together, right? Right. Like when you like make fun of uh, something about your life and other people are like, yeah, I get it. Right. And then we can all laugh together and move past it, right? Right. But then there's the, the uh, that's the other, the other side of it is the bullying side where, the way you're making yourself feel better is by making fun of other people that, you know, that's why I try to just write about my life and joke about my life because, you know, if I'm just joking about myself and my own views and my own life, I'm not involving anybody else. And, and, and maybe somebody can relate to, you know, what I'm saying if, cause I can't be the only person, you know, that has this theme, you know, in my life. Right. So I don't like to do topical humor. I don't like to, you know, like current event stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Are or you political humor? You, you stay away from the politics altogether. Yeah. I mean, unless I unless I can talk about it personally. Because then I mean, I can't really speak to something I don't know about. So right. if I get if I touch a political topic, it's because I've experienced it personally. So this particular political thing has affected me personally and I can now address this. Yeah, I can joke about that because I know I know about that. Yeah. Where some some I guess some comics that you see are like politics, you know, they're just into politics. In yeah. General. Yeah. Are you, you do you watch you watch a lot of news and follow all that stuff? I mean, closely? I follow the big stuff, but, you know, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I never took government class. I don't really know, like the difference between Congress and Senate. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't, House of Representatives, what? Yeah, there's one in the state and the government? (laughs) We have a president, vice president, I know that, and I know, like, the difference between wrong and right, but... Yeah, and and he doesn't. No. (laughs) Yeah, I I know the difference of, yeah, you know, government's there for, to take care of people, not to make rich, you know, not just the rich people yeah, or in just the theory. President. Yeah, <laughs> I know how it should be, but I don't know how to make it that way because I don't know anything about it, and I don't know. Yeah, I like you know, if you talk about like I don't know the people who are playing roles in anything right now. It just it, I I can't really grasp it. When I was a Rush Ditto head, I, I mean, I listened to Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh every single day, uh-huh. and I got my talking points in line from them, basically, and then I was just out there talking about politics all the time, you know? Yeah. So then when I kind of had my, my upheaval in my life and, like, rethought everything, you know, and it's not as if I just w- took went conservative liberal like i'm more I'm, I'm way more nuanced now because i don't think conservatives were wrong about every fucking thing but what really happened is is i've become a little bit disenchanted with the idea that i actually need to change things and i know that sounds kind of i don't know maybe that sounds apathetic but i vote and I talk about important issues when, like, for instance, if some if somebody says something that's really uh, offensive or uh, just uh, politically uh, harmful, like, like I don't think we should be giving welfare to people. I'm like, okay, well, why do you think that? You know, let's have right. that conversation. I do have those conversations, but I'm not out there constantly like thinking about it because like there's only so much I can do. And I can't actually do anything other than have these personal conversations with people, right? Right. I mean, I think it's important for me to use the platform I have here at Lampshade to at least have some discussions about things that hopefully hopefully people will talk more about. But I, for a while, I was, like, spending all my time, like, reading and, like, following news. and like, oh, yeah, and this thing and that thing. And, like, and it's like, oh, my God, I can't. Right. I don't know. I I try to keep up. It just depresses me. My political views are um, robots take over the world, do all the work, not take over the world. We control them, but they do all the work and everybody else gets uh, free food, free health care, free everything they need yeah. provided by the robots. The robots. So that we can create the art. Well, yeah. What if, what if the robots start creating the art, though? Well, then we destroy them <laughs> because they become too sunny. <laughs> Nuclear option at that point. Wave it all off the table. Start over. I don't. Know, I agree. And I mean, all right. I'm. I'm on welfare. I have. I. I have Medicaid and I have food stamps. And I mean, to get it, I have to make less than a certain, you know. Per dollar per hour, mm-hmm. but this really is the way to live. It's nice. It's nice to be able to do, not have to pay a deductible. It's nice to know that I'm always going to have food. And on, I, honestly, I mean, like, there's a lot of shit they could cut out just to give everybody this. It's, well, yeah, when we're when we're you know spending so much on on the military that it's we are. It, I, I feel like it's hard to understand exactly how much more we are spending than every other fucking nation on earth. Yeah, and I'm it sure there's ridiculous. some money funneled into some other illegal shit just to make Trump and his friends richer and all of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, let's not get to it. Jesus Christ, what a what a fucking 
long conversation that is, how much corruption Trump is uh, responsible for. Dirty, dirty boy. Yeah. Not in a to hot the way. Nth degree. I definitely had more of a, like an like an Anne Randian kind of like uh, concept of things when I was uh, when I was younger. I was like, yeah, you know, you take you give people things and you take away their will to work. You know, like if they're just giving it, like, and and I I guess that makes sense to a point. But there's also this this thing that we're like forgetting about is that like the government is taking our money mm-hmm. and they're using it for things. What are they using it for? Right. You know, and and the and the fact of the matter is, is the the people they're taking it from, like they're not taking it from fucking Jeff Bezos. Right. He's got more money than he can use in a fucking million lifetimes. And they say that um, people don't. What is it? People don't. Um, people don't buy things with money. They buy things with hours spent away from from their life, basically. Yeah. They 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 buy things with time. And why why is my time worth less? than somebody else's time um you know just because they're a ceo and they are delegating responsibility to everybody else they they get most money and i'm sitting here you know just because i i i don't know wait tables or i'm a secretary why is my time worth less it shouldn't be i guess i i can understand to a point that if you can produce more with one hour than somebody else can produce in one hour that that your time is more valuable to someone else, right? Like if you're working for someone. Yeah. But and CEOs do the less, do the least. Well, yeah, they, I guess, uh, it, 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 the best case scenario you can say is that they're, they're organizers. They, you know what I mean? They're like, no, they go get their haircut and have like, two hour lunches where they drink a little too much and then come back and close the door and say, don't, don't bother me. I'm going to have a conference yeah. call. And they take a nap on their desk while you type their letters and answer their calls. That's what they do. That's, that's, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. And meanwhile, they're cracking the whip on, on, you know, the people that are, uh, yeah, actually the hardest producing. up in society. Yeah. And they're making the least no, right. bullshit. This is, yeah. This is the problem I had is I, growing up uh, in this uh, blue collar Republican uh, situation. There was it's it's a really self hating scenario because you're the people with the least. You're working the hardest, and you're hating yourself for being poor, and like like just like thinking that people that are rich are the greatest, right? Right. Like, well, we got, well that's the goal. Be more like them, you know. And that's why they're that's why they get all these perks is because they're doing it right. They're you no, know. they just had money to go to college. Yeah, it's true. I I didn't have or, money to go to college. Yeah, or they or they had uh, a trust fund. You know. Yeah, I want to. Uh, that's like <laughs> I want to travel it. more. I yeah. oh, I just want to travel. It's so much fun. And I, who who are the people that travel? They're fucking rich people. Right. <laughs> But Time not not as much. I I feel like people like my friends are traveling more than we're doing that hostel shit and yeah, not like you know hotels that are cheap. Not you know they're not hostel. Right. I'm sorry, that's a, this is why I'm not a comedian. <laughs> this is why I should not do stand up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I I definitely I definitely think that that we could I, so. There's this, uh, this this new thing that with, with like you're talking about with robots, right? That uh, 
the uh, uh, what's it's like Andrew Yang's talking about it. Like everybody gets a little money, right? Yeah. Everybody gets some money. Oh, the universal income. Universal income, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for filling in my blank there. But yeah, this universal income thing with if the means of production could be done with robots, then yeah. people are going to be out of jobs, right? And there's a potential world in the future where there's a shit ton of rich people that have all of the money and then other people just have no money whatsoever because they can't even work for it. Yeah. Right. If, if the tellers at McDonald's are all computers, I walked into a Wendy's the other day and I, and I had already done this. So I went up to the screen and hit my, you know, order on the screen or whatever, put my card in the machine and the, they sent it off to the people that are cooking that weren't yet robots. Right. And the people that were not yet robots actually served me the food, but my, co-worker walked up and looked at me he's like what the fuck is this you know he gave me this eye i'm like yeah he's do it on the, on the computer and he, right. he looked at me he's like what what huh but when all of those jobs are taken by robots they're gonna have to fucking throw some money down here right and i don't know make make maybe make education free then people who who would usually do the robot jobs could actually do something they're a little bit more interested in and have a passion for and right and then they could have the chance to be a veterinarian or a whatever yeah because then the jobs that you know there are people that are passionate about uh you know possibly passionate about you know uh jobs that are generally not thought of as fun right mm-hmm. like yeah i do this i do my job remember uh goodwill hunting yeah and he was talking about construction. I'm a construction worker, you know, yeah. so I get that. He's talking about construction work. He's like, there's honor in this. And he's he's a maintenance guy at Harvard or whatever the fuck. Yeah. He's like, there's honor in this work. And Robin Williams was like, yeah, there is. You know, my dad was a bricklayer. There is honor in that. But you know what I mean? Are you, you know, I, I can't even remember what the, what the real message he, he sent at that moment. But it was, it was this, uh, yeah, but you're not doing it because of that. Right. And uh, when you're rich. You can just follow your passion and do whatever the fuck you want. Right. When and you're poor, you have to fucking make money to survive. Right. Exactly. Survival is the most important thing. Right. And people, I think people's lives are worth more than just living to survive. I yeah. think people and, you know, should, I don't know. And I, there will probably be a lot of people that are passionate about uh, creating robots that will uh, do these jobs too. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll need a lot of that, but then we'll create robots to maintain the robots, and uh, yeah, this this whole thing ends up like the Matrix, I'm sure. Probably. Or Terminator. Probably. <laughs> it's okay. We're all gonna die anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's only this is I, I've been listening to Amigo the Devil, and I've learned there's only one type of people in the world: people who die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to get together and really bond over that. Unifying experience. That's the name of the. That's the name of the podcast. Are we going for three names? Lampshade Media presents Penguins Attack! Exclamation point presents Fresca Delight presents. We're all gonna die. <laughs> all right, all right. So I, I don't know. Are we going? Are we going three names? Are you? Are you just indecisive? I, I just like making it longer. <laughs> kind of fun that sounds that sounds uh, pretty hot <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well baggy it has been fucking great talking to you yeah you too this has been a lot of fun and i'm really glad we got to help gene laugh her out yeah because i feel like uh he was probably going to continue uh hurting people <laughs> physically <laughs> 
And uh, we put a we we kind of nipped that in the bud. So that I think cool. we've done our service to the world in this uh, in this podcast. Absolutely, it's yeah. been a fun time. <laughs> and next week when we talk to Peter Breck, uh, he's going to be on a show with a new name. Do we want to say anything else? Toodaloo. <laughs> Perfect. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food, Platform Brewing Company, and The Garden.